Welcome to Hacker Public Radio. The following presentation is a syndication of the QSK podcast used with kind permission of Russ Woodman. We are using this episode today because we do not have enough shows of our own. Please consider recording a show today. Email admin at hackerpublicradio.org for more information. is a proud member of the Fusion Podcast Network. Find us at FusionPodcastNetwork.com Welcome to the Black Sparrow Media Internet Broadcast Network. Once again to the QSK Netcast. This is episode number four, and I do want to welcome everybody back to the show. My voice is a little bit under the weather right now, as I'm a little bit under the weather right now. I hope everybody can deal with that. I'm sure it's better for you than it is for me right now. The first thing I'd like to do is to thank Chad Wallenberg and Claudio Miranda over at the Linux Basement Podcast for talking about my show on their show in episode number 60. Thanks a lot, guys, for uh, mentioning me over there, and hopefully that will bring some more people my way. I really do appreciate it, and I know you said you haven't had a chance to listen to the show very much, so I hope you will come back and take in a few episodes. Let me know how you uh, how you like the show. I'd also like to mention that I am a proud member of the Black Sparrow Media Internet Broadcast Network, You can find that over at blacksparrowmedia.net. I'm also a member of the Fusion Podcast Network. You can find that at fusionpodcastnetwork.com slash wordpress, and that's Fusion with a Z. And I'm also a member of the Ogcast Planet, which you can find at ogcastplanet.org. These are all fine podcast networks, and I encourage you to go check them out and listen to all of the shows that appear there. You're already listening to mine, so go check out some other great content. 
As far as the show tonight is concerned, this is a topic that I've thought about a few times over the years. It came up the other day in an IRC chat, probably two weeks ago. Me and a few other folks in the IRC got into a discussion of radios, as often happens, because for some reason everybody thinks I know everything there is to know about radio communications, even though nothing could really be further from the truth. But one notion that I've wanted to dispel for the general public over time is the difference between AM radio and FM radio. And I'm talking about AM and FM radio in the, in the aspect of broadcast radio, as most people would recognize it. I'm not talking about amateur radio in this particular instance, although some of that is going to definitely come up as I go through my little talk. The first thing to note about wireless communication, particularly radio, is that most of the time, the radio signal, the electromagnetic wave that makes up a radio signal, is centered around a carrier wave, and a carrier wave is the central part of the radio signal. Interestingly, though, the carrier wave doesn't really do anything. It contains enough information to let a receiver know that there is something on a particular frequency, but it doesn't contain any input or modulation data in and of itself. There is nothing there in the way of an input signal to be reproduced. Now, you'd recognize this if you had an FM radio turned on. When you tune to a station, an FM radio station that is broadcasting, but let's say the DJ has gone to the bathroom or his uh, disc has run out and he doesn't realize it, so they're broadcasting nothing in the way of a signal. Well, you still know there's a signal there, though, because your your FM radio is dead quiet. And if you have a tuning indicator, it will show that there's a signal there, even though you're not really hearing anything. And what you're actually hearing is an unmodulated carrier wave. It's a carrier wave that is on the frequency, but it doesn't contain any modulation. There's no input signal, so all you're hearing is essentially dead air. That's what we tend to call it in the common parlance. If you turn off of a station to an area where there is nothing on a frequency, everyone's pretty familiar with what you hear. You hear noise. It's basically leftover radiation that's coming through the atmosphere and hitting your radio's antenna, and it comes through as noise. There, It's basically just a mishmash of electromagnetic signals. Your tuner doesn't know what to do with it, so it just creates noise. So let's take a look first at the carrier wave itself. I looked on Wikipedia, and this is basically what it has to say about a carrier wave. In telecommunications, a carrier wave, or carrier, is a waveform that is modulated with an input signal for the purpose of conveying information. This carrier wave is usually of much higher frequency than the input signal, and the purpose of the carrier is to transmit the information through space as an electromagnetic wave. Now, when you're talking about an AM or FM broadcast that you might hear on an AM or FM radio, both of them contain a carrier wave. Now, what they do to the carrier wave when you attach it to an input signal 
is what makes one amplitude modulation, or AM, and one frequency modulation, or FM. Now when you hear the words, it should be almost self-evident what the difference is. If you have an input medium, like a microphone, and you have a machine that will translate that input signal, combine it with a carrier wave, and then send it out as an electromagnetic wave, amplitude modulation, what it does is it modifies the carrier wave by changing the amplitude of the carrier wave based on the volume and pitch of the input signal. So you basically have a sine wave, if you're familiar with what a sine wave looks like, and as you change or modulate that based on the input signal, the lobes of the sine wave will actually get taller or shorter because you're modifying the amplitude. By contrast, in frequency modulation, instead of the lobes getting taller or shorter because you're modifying the amplitude, you're actually measuring the frequency. In other words, how many of those lobes there are over a given period of time. As the frequency increases, you're going to have more tightly packed sine wave lobes in a particular amount of time, and at lower frequency, you'll have fewer, and they'll be further apart. Interestingly, AM broadcasting is pretty power inefficient. You can lose two-thirds or more of the power of a signal in an AM broadcast. The reason for this is because most of the power is going into the carrier wave just to push the signal out as an electromagnetic wave. Very little of the power is actually used in modulating that wave to create the signal. The other problem is that in a standard AM broadcast, the signal is duplicated. It has what are called sidebands. In other words, there's a certain amount of bandwidth above the carrier wave and a certain amount of bandwidth below the carrier wave, which are used to convey the signal. And as it happens, in a standard AM broadcast, those signals are redundant. The one below the carrier wave is a mirror image of the one above the carrier wave. And technically, you only need one to make an AM broadcast work. In amateur radio, we have what's called single sideband, which means you have a signal that's an AM broadcast, but you suppress one of the sidebands, whether it's the upper or the lower, and therefore you only have to use half of the power because you're only transmitting half of the bandwidth. Now the other thing you can do to a signal like that is you can suppress the carrier wave. This makes things extremely efficient because instead of using two-thirds of your power for the carrier and the, uh, the rest of your power to put out a redundant sideband signal, two sideband signals in fact, you only have to put out one sideband and no carrier. The problem with not having a carrier however, is that the receiver doesn't know how to decode the signal necessarily because there is no carrier informing it at what frequency the carrier wave is coming in because there is no carrier wave. So what you have to do in that case is you have to use what's called a beat frequency oscillator. And this can be found on a lot of receiver devices and it's built into amateur radios, for example, and what it does is it creates its own carrier wave to be mixed with the incoming sideband signal 
which will then recreate the original signal. The interesting thing about this is if you happen to have a beat frequency oscillator on your device and you toy with it some, you'll find that the voice or the transmission you hear may be altered. It may sound really bizarre if you don't have the oscillator tuned properly. It will sound really low and, you know, grumbly if the beat frequency oscillator is turned too low and things can sound very chipmunkish if it's turned too high. But with enough playing, you'll get it tuned to the original carrier wave frequency, even though it doesn't exist, you'll, you'll figure out how it matches up, and then the received signal that you hear will sound perfectly normal. So that's a quick look at the AM side of things, and then there's the FM side of things. We already talked a little bit about this, but basically... Instead of modifying the amplitude of the carrier wave based on the input signal, you modify the frequency. Now, what this does is it makes the bandwidth constant, and for FM broadcasts, the bandwidth tends to be considerably wider than an AM broadcast, which means you can pack more information into the signal and do it more efficiently. What this happens to do is make it more resistance to outside noise and outside interference. So when you're talking about an AM broadcast or an FM broadcast, most people realize that an FM broadcast is quieter and sounds better overall, and that's why. You know, when you talk about an AM radio, everyone knows that the sound quality is pretty much crap. In an FM broadcast, the sound quality is usually very good. So something people may have noticed, though, is that when you have a radio in front of you, the dials are different. You're using the same radio, but when you talk about an FM broadcast, the numbers on the dial go from 88 to 108. And in this particular instance, those numbers represent megahertz. And those are the frequencies over which you can tune your radio in the FM broadcast band. In the AM broadcast band, your numbers will go from 540, give or take, to about 1760. There may be some slight variance in that based on whatever radio you have, and those represent kilohertz. So the FM broadcast band is from 88 megahertz to 108 megahertz, and the AM broadcast band is actually from 0.54 megahertz to about 1.77 megahertz. You can see that the AM broadcast band is much, much lower in frequency than the FM broadcast band. What's interesting about that is low-frequency broadcasts, both in amateur radio and in the broadcast arena, can be propagated by skywave propagation. There's a phenomena, particularly at night, called F-layer skip. And low-frequency transmissions, like those of an AM broadcast station, can be reflected off the F-layer of the ionosphere and be heard over long distances. This is why somebody in Arizona or Florida might be able to hear an AM broadcast station from Chicago late at night. Now, very high frequencies, like those in the FM broadcast band, don't have this quality. So you will not hear a VHF station or an FM broadcast station reflected off the atmosphere. You're going to hear them 
broadcast as far as their direct broadcast based on their power output will carry them. For a typical 50,000 or 100,000 watt FM station, this broadcast diameter can be anywhere from about 50 miles to 100 or 120 miles or so based on you know terrain and other factors. The same holds true for AM during the daytime. You're going to be limited to the strength of your power output, but at night, because those signals bounce off the atmosphere, they can be heard over long distances. However, due to fluctuations in the atmosphere's F layer, those signals may seem to waver or come and go, and anyone who's experienced this phenomenon knows exactly what I'm talking about. So now back to the original point of this talk, which was to dispel a certain misconception about AM and FM broadcasting. Most people, when you talk about AM and FM, will only understand that in the context of AM radio and FM radio broadcasts. And they assume that when you're broadcasting in AM, you're broadcasting at the frequencies allocated to AM broadcasting. And when you talk about FM, you're talking about broadcasting in the frequencies allocated to FM broadcasting. Well, the truth is, nothing could be further from the truth. The frequency that a broadcast exists on, where that carrier wave is initiated, has nothing to do with the mode of that broadcast. In other words, if you have a, an AM broadcast station that transmits on, say, 1,000 kilohertz, there's nothing that says, except for FCC regulations, that you can't have another station that broadcasts at 1,000 kilohertz using FM or using single sideband or some other mode of communication like phase shift keying or continuous wave, which is otherwise known as Morse code. Interestingly, continuous wave or Morse code is a transmission method that is derived from simply altering the carrier wave itself. There is no mixing of input signal. You're simply modulating the carrier wave. And as I said before, the FCC and other government bodies regulate what modes can be used on what frequencies and by whom. Now, the AM broadcast band in the United States, for example, goes from 540 to about 1770 kilohertz. Now, there's an American and, in other parts of the world, amateur radio band, which goes from 1,800 kilohertz to 2,000 kilohertz. Now, that's just above the AM broadcast band in frequency. But if you're an AM broadcaster, you only get to broadcast in AM. Amateur radio operators, on the other hand, get to broadcast in just about any mode they want to. They can broadcast in slow-scan television, in single sideband, in AM, in FM, in continuous wave, or pretty much anything else you can think of. And that's also to say that up in the FM, say at 100 megahertz, if the FCC allowed it, you could easily broadcast in single sideband or AM as well. But the law says that you have to broadcast in FM. That's just the way things work. But there's also an amateur radio band just above FM in around 140 megahertz, 
where amateur radio operators can, as before, broadcast in any mode they want. AM, FM, single sideband, continuous wave, phase shift keying, whatever you can think of. So the point here is to make it clear that just because that something exists on a certain frequency doesn't mean that the mode of transmission on that frequency has to be a certain thing. And when somebody talks about an AM radio or an FM radio, just because in the United States FCC law says they have to operate between a certain range of frequencies doesn't mean that those things can't be operated in other frequencies using other modes in other parts of the radio spectrum. Now, in terms of amateur radio, for example, they have proven communications in, on various modes with frequencies as low as 9 kilohertz. This is in the VLF band, the very low frequency band. Now, to give you some perspective, remember that the AM broadcast band starts at 540 kilohertz. And we're talking about below 9 kilohertz. This is very, very low frequency. Communication has also been successfully made on frequencies as high as 10, and if I'm not mistaken, 30 gigahertz, and even higher. And some of these transmissions actually propagate a very long way on very low power. So hopefully this has been an interesting little talk about frequency spectrums and broadcast methods, including AM and FM. And my hope is that the average person will understand a little better the difference between broadcasting at a certain frequency and using various modes to do the broadcasting so that they're not locked into the concept that an AM radio operates at a certain set of frequencies and an FM radio operates at a certain set of frequencies, and that's all there is to it. Hopefully I didn't sound particularly pet peevish about that or anything. It's just something that is fairly simple to understand, and I just want everybody to have that information since it's available to me, and hopefully I have just imparted it to you. So thanks very much for listening to QSK Netcast number four. Just as I have enjoyed bringing this information to you, I hope you've enjoyed listening to it. And I should be back in a week or so with QSK episode number five. Until then, everybody have a fantastic week, and I will catch you soon. Carol.net, so head on over to caro.net for all your hosting needs.